Oh, oh, the thing yeah. we need you need to know ahead of everything is Julie's in a very bad mood. <laughs> Why is that, Chris? I don't know. No, <laughs> you don't know. Oh, it's well, just because right, okay. you've been really annoying all day. <laughs> well, one thing and another. No, I'm, no, I'm, not, hitting, <laughs> I'm not hitting comedy sides because... <laughs> I, I'm There's nothing I, funny about it. Because I'm quite good. All right. Yeah, you know, you're, I'm I'm a chick, you're a big chicken. For the record, working, right? I'm not in a very bad mood. I'm just annoyed that you said you were going to go make me a cup of tea and then you came in with a cup of tea for yourself. And I forgot, and I do apologise. And then wouldn't go and do it anyway. Anyway, mm-hmm. you know, Stuart's got a joke. Oh, it's not a joke. It's, it's, it's a the truth. Fact. It's a thing. What is it? Well, Elton John's on his tour. tour. He's on Final his one. Tour. Tour. Yeah, yeah, I'm going. Uh, yeah, well, <coughs> he was supposedly a mate of mine, right? Is uh, is doing the catering? Oh yeah, you talked about him, yeah. Ca- yeah, he's doing the catering when he's in Glasgow. And he got in his rider. It says that Mr. Elton John will not eat lettuce. Really? Yeah. Why not? But it, he's a rocket man. <laughs> <laughs> Insert crickets here. <laughs> you love that joke. I know, I love it. I do Stop love it. I'm just jealous. Cue the music. <laughs> I'm just jealous. <laughs> Welcome. Hey, 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 you're doing my bit. You watch yourself there, right? I'm only here doing one thing. Yeah, come on now. You might be in a bad mood, but I'm doing it. Welcome to the Good Roundup. Good is a brand consultancy based in the UK. And from time to time, we get together and we like to talk about brand stuff. Uh, And uh, Mm. my name is Stuart Steele. I am the strategy director here at Good. And I am joined as ever by Mr. Chris Lumsland. Hi. And Ms. Julie Murdoch. Hello. Uh, and today, well, today we're going to, there's a whole lot of different things we're going to talk about. Well, differently. We're going to talk about things differently. Uh, normally what we do is we talk about a blog post and we go into a little bit deeper uh, on a blog post that we put up on our website. Uh, and But today is a little bit different because Chris wrote a piece the title of which is called why do private equity firms ignore the role of brand in creating value which admittedly isn't as snappy as <laughs> headless man <laughs> caught in topless bar <laughs> found the topless bar but i think it, it was it, it was a very uh, i thought it was a good article it was an article that took a long gestation period it was an article that was kind of battered about by us on uh, planes mm. and trains and automobiles when we were in the states in february and Chris, could you maybe just introduce this topic and why you wrote about it and the story behind the Well, story? I wasn't allowed to publish it on the good blog. The editors at large wouldn't allow it. So it went on LinkedIn, my private personal one. <coughs> I don't know. As you say, it's, it's been cooking away for a while. And I've always been kind of, you know, I say in the article that, you know, I'm a wee bit scared to ask the question because I'm worried that I've just missed something obvious and someone's going to go, that's because A plus B equals C, you idiot. But I haven't been able to find that. So, yeah, I think that we've done a lot of work of late in the B2B space that's with big business that have been funded or at some level with private equity money. And I think the frustration is that we end up working for, you know, the portfolio company that or the wha- one of the businesses that has been invested in. And, and I think we just get to it too late. And then there's a misunderstanding around the role of brand in actually being able to drive value for that cycle of investment which presumably culminates with an exit so at the beginning the reason we were talking about this there was a bit of an exasperation because we were working with these companies and it found what we couldn't quite understand is why some of the companies weren't doing this across because obviously you know as an agency we're working with one company from it for a private equity firm go well they've obviously got a portfolio of brands maybe we could do work for you know do the good work we're doing for this brand and work with other ones to increase value 
And what it was kind of interesting that that wasn't really, not I'm not saying it wasn't an option, but it wasn't mm. really a thing where you kind of go, people in the private equity world were going, absolutely, this is a great value creator. This is this could help. I think that I think part of the problem in a couple of recent examples of clients that we've worked with is that it's not from a private equity point of view. It doesn't the the brand strategy and any challenges that the business might be facing with in the realm of brand isn't flushed out during any sort of due diligence process. It's something that comes to us because it's been identified as a challenge within the marketing team or the, the leadership team of the acquired business as opposed to something that's being driven as a need and a requirement from the private equity side of things. So there you sometimes, although there is a, um, there's a scope of work and there's a suite of deliverables there and there's some challenges that you need to address, we're quite often met with this reluctance to spend because of that kind of disconnect between mm. how that spend is gonna, what that spend is going to generate in the way of value and, and revenue. No, I, I, I think you're right, absolutely. That's kind of what I was thinking about was that you're right about that they do a whole lot of diligence around every other aspect of the business. So why wouldn't you do some diligence around the brand? And I think uh, in the space we work in, because it's B2B, I think it's maybe incorrectly seen as something that's the preserve of the b2c branded mm. community because that's someone said to me you know the work that the brand work we celebrate tends to be consumer-led and video supported there's evidence of it you see it and therefore i think that drives a wedge into the b2b where people think well that's a, that's that a brand, consumer thing. That brand is valuable in business to consumer but but uh, you know not necessarily so much here we're more technical or whatever we're you know nothing could be further from the truth it's important for all but i think that's connected to that point is and something we've kind of touched on i don't know if you'll come on to talk about it, but it's just the it's the language and we talked about it with a, a client recently i think you ask a question that's related to at what point is brand part of that conversation when you're in that kind of private equity space in that private equity world and it kind of it was a different question that yeah. was answered but actually it's just when kind of on reflection it's just that the challenge that they were talking about around and the importance of being able to clearly articulate the value prop of the business and the overarching value, you know, how the narrative, create that kind of narrative around what the business offers, being key to sort of regional growth and new vertical growth and ultimately delivering a higher multiple at whatever stage two exit looks like. Th those are all, those are brand challenges, but just the language that they were using to articulate that problem versus the language we yeah. use is, yeah. again, there's just a bit of a disconnect I totally there, agree. I and, uh, you know, I think this podcast isn't about going through the article. People can read it mm. if they want. But I, th I, I think you're right. Brand is a, and it led to other discussions that we've since had, which is that brand's a difficult word. And it's not necessarily a word that's in the lexicon of the private equity industry. You know, they very much, I, I think, see business the spreadsheet and and you know and we, we're, so we've not defined it well and it lacks sort of accountability to the people that do matter that hold those purse strings that you know these guys that take a big stake in these businesses and can determine where money is spent or, or largely where it's saved so it means yeah many things to many people and i think that's a problem and that's that's our problem as an industry but, but also there's no doubt that we can demonstrate or we have demonstrated that it drives value one of the other things that bugs me is that i think when people talk about brand and it, it very often the discussion is around logos and colours and pictures and stuff like that, which you know is part of a brand, of course it is. But you know, we we also bang on about the importance of a brand strategy and a serious brand strategy that supports a commercial strategy because that's what it's there to do. Um, given that branding is a subset of marketing, which is a its primary responsibility is to drive value, right, or create value that it should be. So, you know, a, a properly thought out brand strategy is something that 
that creates a framework and, a, and an approach to managing brands and driving value for the business. What I find interesting, you can't deny that. I think what I'm interested in is the story of the, the article because we talked about this in some hotel and I nodded. We had a wee bit of an argument. We did, we did. And, uh, and I, 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 like I, I, I know. And I, I mean, you can't disagree. Oh, you were, you were picking holes in it, oh, right? right. Yeah. Only to play the other side of it because th on one hand, you can't, as a practitioner of this, I can't disagree at the same time, though, the, the evidence is showing that there's, I mean, you, you looked at a whole lot of private equity, venture capitalist companies, and what, only one of them mentioned brand? Well, interestingly, since my article, yeah, I've been in touch and talked to um, the guy at Blackstone, the brand transformation lead, who's an ex-agency guy, an ex-strategy guy. But yeah, and someone said, look, Blackstone are leading the way. They've, they've brought people in-house, and you know, which is a filter. They're using brand as a filter for business like that in the way that we do, which is, which is great, and celebrate that fact. And Blackstone are probably one of the biggest, so they may be leading the way. So maybe that's what's coming. But it is frustrating that it doesn't seem to be recognized in that sense. And, and so the conversation we had, was, which I found was really interesting, was then why? So well, yeah, you, you, ask you, know, you know, and I think I think on one hand, is it because you know they've got a two-year timeline, and the theory is that you know this is going to be too hard to implement well, as somebody else's yeah, problem. Yeah, we we uh, well before we get there, I think you know the other thing is that we've done this a lot, and I think I totted up how many times we've done sizable projects like like this, and there's probably around ten, probably more, but in my experience of doing it in, the, in this business for the last twenty years, because we're in our twentieth year, there's only one of them that's taken a brand-led approach or a brand strategy-led approach to their exit with the private equity money. And they knew what they were doing and they, that was the tip of the spear for them. And that's, what, that's why they were engaging in the work in order to command, to transform the business and command a higher mul multiple at the end, which is what they did. And what I'm saying in the article is I'm not saying that brand, it was only brand that did that. Of course not. But it played a part yeah. and it was considered at the beginning. And I think they acknowledge that they achieved a considerably higher value on exit that they would have done if it had just been the shambles that they took if they would have taken to market had we not done the work. So yeah, all of these proof points are mounting and so that you're right through it. Then we said, well, why is yeah, this? Yeah, if it's so overwhelming and it was, I mean, when you talked about it, it was very overwhelming but I'm still kind of faced with the fact that we've got a 10% success rate yeah. on something that you are very compelling and passionate and knowledgeable and are an expert and have expertise oh, in. And Julie made a good point. That I think it's buried. It's it's maybe acknowledged under with different terms. You know, and, and I, I looked at a lot of websites and they did talk about stuff like strategic realignments and go to market plans and stuff mm. like that. But it's not called out in the same way as and celebrated like ESG and. We had a conversation about ESG recently, yeah. didn't we? And Which are you know buzzwords and darling words of the investment industry, and you know, great, but fantastic. Knock yourself out. But the, I, ours is a bit more you know, hardworking and down-to-earth brand, organization of products and services, portfolios, brand, all that, understanding who you are as a business, all that stuff. So the question is why? And I think, well, I think we, we, we suggest maybe four options in the article, and, and the first one is it's just not understood, and that's our fault because we've not explained it. And I make the point that we already know that there's a, a lack of representation of marketing people at board levels, so why on earth would you expect there then to be a representation of brand people at board levels? It, it doesn't make sense. So, you know, the, the board are, are people that are grounded in, as I say, in the world of spreadsheets and numbers, not the world of brand, which is prone to trends. And but isn't that a key point, though? Isn't that an interesting point? Because you kind of then get the occasional thing, and this is where, uh, to your point, it's not understood that it's the colouring in department. Yeah. You know, we've yeah, heard yeah. all that. 
And the challenge is that it's activity, you know, it's the activity over the outcomes, and and it should brand should be could be represented with a spreadsheet. It, yeah. it has to have a it has to have an impact. It's it's got to talk the language of boardrooms rather than going like here's here's a new campaign and X Y Z, and it's kind of got to be you know it's got to have shown to have an impact or a a value. Otherwise, it, it just will be discarded. Equally, the there needs to be a maturity in that conversation to understand that the, the, the investment pays off in a non-specific way years down the line mm. in terms I of creating value that way. I mean, without going down the cul-de-sac of the conversation about performance marketing and the long and the short and all that stuff, but you're right. There needs to be a, a recognition that investing is, is a valuable thing to do, but I, I think once you accept that fact, or, or even notwithstanding that fact, there are, there are other benefits that a unified brand strategy brings. It's about saving money to the bottom line now, not not yeah, in not, not in four years' time. So so yeah, there's the not understood thing, which is probably quite obvious. The second one is that it's mis misdiagnosed, which is I think we, we touched on. It's they talk about it under. I mean, you you Jules had a, an example of this where you were talking to someone pretty senior at a business and, and <laughs> very senior, and the way you you just talked about this, didn't you? The way you framed it around brand, he didn't recognise, but he mm. came back to you and framed it around comms or something like that, and you and you realise then same language, different dialect, or yeah. or, or, or even different languages, mm. right? So it's understood in a different way. And interestingly, that was someone that was from um, a financial background rather than a, a marketing or a comms background. Yeah, and I think the third one that that we talked about is the fact that there is yeah, and I think maybe Stuart, you talked about that. The return cycle is just too long, and that's the point about there is this understanding that the investment brand it pays off down the road, and it may be that people go, well, look, that's going to take six years. You know, we're only here for we're here for a good time, not a long time, and we're going to get out in two. And we don't even have a CMO, and you know what? It's too much yeah. hassle. Mm, so how much of that pain do you actually want yeah, to endure for what um, of time? So I think, I think that that's a thing, but it does presuppose a level of knowledge and understanding. I think. So I, I think the bottom one is probably the one that I would, the last one, which is that they just don't care <laughs> because it, it's just too much hassle for too little return. But I mean, I, I think again during the the scope of our conversation, that was something that you rallied against a little bit. And I understand why, because, you know, and it was... Well, it, I, yeah, because my point is that you can derive value from it quickly. Well, see, this is... But I think I think point four is intrinsically li linked to point one about not not being understood, because yeah. yeah. it's not, They're you all know... Overlapped, aren't they? I don't think it's a case of not caring. I think it's not not caring because the maybe because the re the return and the time frames and the juice isn't worth the squeeze. Yeah. For whatever reason that view exists. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I mean, I do... I, I, and I've, I, in the article, uh, quite a few people offered thoughts and, and views on it, which has helped, you know, move the, the thinking along a little bit. One guy said, uh, which uh, which stuck with me, that you know, you've got to remember that private equity is about value extraction ultimately, not necessarily creation. So I suppose maybe to be, you know, un slightly unfair, but the stereotype around private equity is they come and strip stuff out, you know, and and make it more make it more profitable and then flip it, but. Again, I would argue that grasping the nettle in some of these brand portfolio challenges and, and you know, you know whether it's one unifying portfolios or whatever, brand does that. It, yeah. it delivers efficiencies. And McKinsey's, you know, we're looking at some of these reports that say it can deliver efficiencies of, you know, between 10 and 20% across the board on the bottom line. 20% seems high. I don't know where that came from. But certainly 10, they give examples of brands and businesses that have achieved th that level of efficiency. So, yeah, it's, it's frustrating. But interesting, and it's like an onion. You keep pe peeling layers. Is it like a brand onion? <laughs> it's like a brand onion. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
But I, but I think I mean I think what uh, what's interesting I think on our experience is that when we do go in and we're not there to start off with a, a, a with the highfalutin value creation stroke tightening up or whatever. But I think what's interesting, especially the approach that we take, and uh, you know, not just us, you know, there's a lot of good brand firms out there doing the same thing. We're not the only ones in this position. Is that qu- very quickly they can see the value that's added in, or, or, yeah. or, or even saved, and I think that, and I think sometimes even the savings are, as you say, I think the fact that we, you can save money with brand is sometimes a bit of an eye opener. Right, you know, it's consolidation, it's it's minimizing rather than maximizing. I think the challenge with brand sometimes is, is like, here's more, and there's you know there's a complexity added onto well it, and actually it's yeah. it's all about simplicity and taking it down to its roots and it, but, but that requires sacrifice and we've talked about that on this podcast many a time it means it forces decisions on business hard decisions to say we're going to kill that one and keep this one and that's difficult oh i understand yeah. that we even yeah, know yeah. that that's difficult yeah. so, so sometimes it's easier just to leave it and th- yeah. unt- until it becomes you know just unmanageable yeah, and or something that's very clearly quantifiable and where it's costing them money. I think yeah. when you've written lots of articles about where bra- brands bleed value, and yeah. I think it's kind of to quote a Stuartism, success feel he- hides failure in a lot of these instances, doesn't it? Yeah. So it's not immediately apparent where the value is being lost. Like air coming out of a balloon. <laughs> <laughs> I think the one thing, this is maybe not to go down a tangent, but the we had a conversation recently with. Um, somebody from a different from another private equity firm but talking about ESG because they had written an article about the role of ESG in creating value for businesses and I think it was in because there was a lot of the thing a lot of the themes of things that we touched on there are a lot of parallels in terms of where we have you know the <laughs> where we have a similar conversation but in the world of brand versus you know ESG specifically but and it's interesting because I think you know probably rewind what five ten years and there wasn't you know there was very little arguably you could say the same you know mm. point four was the same there like what who cares and until you know the the, the, the businesses only care now because the market dem- requires well, them the to the do you know what regu- i mean and they're being regulated yeah, yeah that's yeah. what uh, you know and that's not you know that's just not i think Probably. i think <laughs> you can see it i mean it yeah. is everywhere you know yeah. i mean it is everywhere so it's kind of it's the new buzzword and if but it's as it's as hard to quantify and qualify and measure and you know as if not more so than than brand and the time frames arguably aren't any different so it's it's just I suppose as a as a topic it's in a different yeah. different That's space isn't it? I, I suppose it's the mindset shift isn't it around around people being prepared to see these things as value mm. valuable and of you know of value um, and and then being prepared to to build their brand or business around it as a thing. Um, and incorporate it or, or not because if you don't you can't half do it and, and also in that it has to come from the top you can't go in at the marketing level or the cmo level and go let's do this it's got to have a it's got to be i mean that was a good thing about the, one of the brands we've been working with recently we talked to everybody in the top tier mm. and well, we talked to everybody we talked here down to the i'm not saying the bottom tier but from the board it's through the, the business yeah, yeah it wasn't just yeah, leadership yeah, was and it, it was there, and understanding that entire business and then making recommendations yeah. to help them both yeah. make money and save money uh, through brand and, yeah. and it's not it's not then about and it's interesting because it's what we highlighted in the return wasn't kind of going and this is how your logo can look you yeah. know what I mean that what it was about going this is where you're bleeding value this yeah. is where as you say Chris this is where the air is leaking out of the balloon yeah. and you can you can fill solution, it up. Yeah. You can fill it up with the success that you've got, but y- it's coming out over yeah. here, and you just can't see it. I think yeah, the interesting thing that the guy from Blackstone was saying that you know, 
two things that make it different is that they tend to be the majority owner then when they buy in. You know, they're not. Mm-hmm. It's difficult to make these transformationary, you know, changes to businesses if you're a minority stakeholder shareholder. Um, and the, and the bigger the biggest difference is they're on the inside, mm. so they can make those determinations at the start to say we're going to invest in this business, but guess what? You're going to have to go through a brand transformation or brand yeah. audit to get to the promised land. Yeah. Mm. So it's it's baked in at the beginning. But wasn't and is that am I right in saying that that was the guy from BBH who'd come yeah. from BBH? So yes, I mean uh, they've What's come his from name? that. Tom Callard. Yeah, yeah. Hi, Tom. I hope you're listening. <laughs> Chris thinks you're great, by the way. Well, I did ask for a chat with him, and he's not come back to me yet. But I'd love to chat to him. But um, but I think it's in like it, you yeah. say. There's there that is um in terms of m- managing it and driving it from the inside out. If you've got people that fundamentally have a you know don't have the issue of point one in your article, which is it's not understood. Mm-hmm. You know, it's always an easier. Oh, it's yeah, it's a it's a. It just leaves me thinking about you know the future of businesses like ours. I think if you know. What what a combination we could make with partnership with you know private equity businesses that are interested in, in in this kind of thing, it could be. And I I get the sense that that kind of thing about extracting value is a little bit o- overplayed. Maybe. I, I yeah. think so. I mean, I think I think y- you know it's easier to sell something. There's a lot of kind of build and move mm-hmm. on rather than strip and move away. I think there's mm-hmm. a lot, and I think so that I don't know what the, the split is. Yeah, neither do I. Neither but do I, I think I think there's definitely people looking, and you know, it might be one in ten. You know, it might, it might, you mm-hmm. might, we might just have an EWAS example in there where it's kind of there. But I still think there's businesses going, like, we can, th- there's an underperforming asset here rather than a, an asset that we can strip. Yeah. And getting getting the match fit, is brand is part of it, IT is a part of it, digitalization is a part of it, ESG is a part of it. But yeah. it's interesting that brand is not a entire part. And again, you know, we're clearly biased because we're not a digital transformation or an ESG firm. So obviously we're biased. But I think, I think you kind of look at it and go, there's low-hanging fruit, to use well, a yeah, key so management s- phrase there. So many of the everyone. challenges can be solved by thinking about brand yeah. uh, in that way. So where does that leave us? Well, that's just what I was going to ask. Know, I, think, I, think, I think, well, A, we'd love to talk to... I'd like to talk... I mean, we, we, and that was the reason for putting it on LinkedIn. Not not that it wasn't good enough for our blog, because it's a cracking piece, can I tell oh, you? But it was more about the fact that we could invite comment, and, it would be, and we got some interesting comments yeah. about it, because, as you say, it was a genuine question it wasn't one of these kind of uh, there's a name for it where the question is already answered uh, mm-hmm. but it's not it was a question that we, we don't understand and we do want to understand and it's an intriguing part of our business yeah uh, and, and because we can see the value of it, but are, are we doing how are why are we not doing a good enough job in explaining the value that we can create i think that's interesting because it's an industry uh-huh. well, that's yeah no sir that's a a twelve-part serial. Well, but, I do th- but that's got to be the thing. That's got to be the thing because ultimately we're not doing a good job. The industry is not doing a good job to say we can add value. It's seen as a bit of frippery and a bit because it's of reduced down to its constituent parts of design and logos. Uh, yeah, colouring in. And I think See above. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's why we're trying to continually push that to say no. It's about it's about making money and saving money. Sure, some of it might be clearer messaging through a logo that's a little bit easier to see. But other one might be s- saying you've got too many products and they're named crazy and nobody can remember them. No one understands. Yeah, that, that's and as much as you're part making it there. really difficult yeah, for the for customer. People. Yeah, I'm, I'm removing customer friction. There you go. Yeah, that's what it's about. Right. Oh. Okay. So I can't write in in a postcard. Yeah. Let us know what you think. Elon John only eats rocket because you know he's a rocket man. I know. <laughs> he's a rocket. I can't man. believe you've got that terrible drop back. I th- what I've done is I've I've closed the loop. And that's another good... Uh, John Julie's in a good mood now because she's smiling. I know. Well, only at me, though. 
viewers, yeah. don't blame me. Right, yeah. see All you right. later. Bye. See you, bye. 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 bye.